Welcome to the Real Estate Play-By-Play. We are your hosts, Christy Martinelli, top-ranked realtor worldwide, and Danielle Obrantz, mortgage industry veteran. On and off the field of life, you need to know the plays to win the game. We are here to give you the play-by-play tools to reach your real estate goals. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, a seasoned investor, or just have a love for real estate, suit up. It's It's game game time. It's game time. (laughs) It's game time. Welcome to the real estate play-by-play. I am Danielle Olbrantz. I am a mortgage expert with Clear to Close. And I am Christy Martinelli with Cobalt Banker, top realtor and producer here in Northern California. So this is our podcast. (laughs) And we just played a game for the buyers. Yeah. We reached their goals. We got their offer accepted. And now episode three here, we are, it's game time for the sellers. Yes. Yes. So we're going to break down the play-by-play of a real estate transaction, every step that you need to know to have a successful game of real estate. So sellers, when, when do we start the process? So the second you decide that you're going to sell your property, or you're contemplating selling your property, that's when the process starts. That's when you reach out to your realtor or and or your mortgage broker. Yeah. So I, I think that that step kind of gets missed sometimes, right? Like you're selling your house and you kind of forget that oftentimes when you're selling a house, you're doing so so that you can buy another house right? Not always. But if your plan involves buying another house, either immediately or in the, you know, near future after you sell, it's really important that you chat with your mortgage broker early in the process. Mm -hmm. And so when we go through that step, we're making sure that all of those goals have been accomplished. We're going through the same similar uh, steps that we do on the buy side to get pre-approved, but also to, to outline what it's going to take from a sales side to accomplish your goals, right? What number do you need to sell for to do everything that you want to do for step two? Right. And a lot of times, um, you know, sellers will reach out to me, I'll go out on a listing appointment and they're looking to purchase a replacement property. And although as a seller, you have options, you know, and that's my job as a realtor to explain those options to you. Um, And one of those things I will recommend right off the bat is if you're looking to purchase a replacement property is to talk to your local mortgage broker. Yeah, because that can be a confusing step for some people, right? They go, hey, I, I have this house. It's got a lot of equity. I want to buy a new house, whether it's a bigger house or a step down or whatever it is. How do I do both at the same time? Right. And so exactly. And so as your realtor, I'm going to explain to you that you have options. Uh, You can purchase a replacement property contingent on the sale of your house, which there are pros and cons with that. You can purchase the property contingent on um, find, you can sell your property contingent on finding a replacement property. And again, pros and cons with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you can get private money or bridge loan. Yes. Um, there are definitely a lot of options and I do have a lot of sellers that come to me that feel pretty discouraged before the process is even started. Yeah. Like I want to purchase a bigger house um, because we've outgrown the house that we're in. We have this equity, but how do we go about doing this? It just seems so hard in this market. And it's actually very common and it's, it's not very hard as long as you have a knowledgeable, experienced mortgage broker and realtor to guide you every step of the way. Right. 
Right. And it's important to note that a lot of mortgage companies don't offer more creative products. So they may not have things like bridge loans even available, nor do they even know anything about them. So at this point in the podcast, I'm sure there are some of you out there listening, thinking, what is a bridge loan? Yeah, that's that's a, bit, that's a whole <laughs> podcast episode all on its own. But we'll briefly talk about bridge loans because they are a really creative tool that you can use to buy a new house when you need to sell your house first. Mm -hmm. So we'll try to simplify it as quickly as we can, right? Uh, If you were to try to buy a new house before selling your house and you wanted to do it at the same time, you have to qualify for both mortgages. While you know that you're planning on selling your other house, the lender doesn't know that. And so a lot of people don't qualify to hold both properties at the same time. And that's where a bridge loan comes in. So a bridge loan allows you to use the equity that you have in your current property to buy a new home prior to selling. <laughs> okay, that was a mouthful. But you know, let's say that you had a house and um, you've lived there for a long time, you have a lot of equity in it, and you wanna go buy your new house, the bridge loan will step in, it will buy your new house for you. It'll basically provide you all cash to buy your house. Mm-hmm. It will put a lien on the property and it'll put a lien on your current property. And then you will move into your new house, exit the old house, get your old house ready for sale, sell the house, pay off the bridge loan and get permanent financing. And I guess as a buyer, if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, wow, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah. What would you say are the negatives? Sure. Downsides. Yeah. Everything has a downside. Absolutely. Pluses and minuses to everything. And that's why we evaluate on a case by case basis what makes sense to do. Um, So bridge loans are private money transactions. They do have higher costs. These bridge loan lenders know that you are going to be paying off that loan as quickly as possible. You're not intending to keep it very long. So unlike a normal mortgage that collects their payment over time from you over 30 years off, often. Um, bridge loans are not set up that way. So they are kind of front loaded with a fee structure. And so you pay an upfront fees for the convenience of using someone else's cash to buy your new home. Right. 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 And, you know, um, a, a lot of times how I'll explain it to a client if they are concerned about the fees, um, which is a legit concern, or the rates are a little bit higher on yep. a bridge loan versus mm-hmm. a more conventional loan, is that if you are moving out of that house, um, and let's say you have a house with kids and a dog and uh, multiple animals, and it doesn't show as well, yep. um, you can move into this other house, which as Danielle mentioned, it's looks like an all cash offer. Yeah. So when I'm writing the offer up as your realtor, I'm checking the box cash. Now I'm putting in other terms yes. that other financing terms that it yep. is a bridge loan so right. that the listing agent is aware of that. Right. But it does show as a cash offer. So we're not having to get your traditional appraisal. You can waive that contingency. Yep. You could waive the loan contingency. It yep. makes your offer look better. Yeah. And sometimes you can get the the purchase price down by having a more competitive offer. Right. So you possibly are saving money on the front end when you're purchasing the property. And then when you go to sell your property to pay off the bridge loan, um, a lot of times you can get more for your property because it's showing better. Um, You're not in the house. The kids and the dogs aren't running around. Um, You can stage the property. So it looks nice. Um, Properties that are staged get you know, statistically higher purchase prices. So you're doing all these things that will make up on the front end and the back end that might cover the fees and then some. Yes. Yeah. And and I tell our clients to remember that it's a leveraging tool. 
right? right? And so there are some great circumstances where it makes a whole lot of sense to do. If you've owned your property for a really long time, the chances are that most of the equity in your property, at least in our area, you didn't um, do any work for, right? So in some areas, like you have to fix up the house, remodel a kitchen, et cetera, to get value for your house. Well, in California, we've experienced such enormous appreciation over the last 10 years that oftentimes that equity, you know, was created just kind of out of thin air, right? It just happened because houses have gone up in value. So what I tell people to remember is you are using up a little bit of that appreciation that was given to you in order to accomplish all of your goals. So you're really wrapping every, it's not like you have to write a check for the fees for the bridge loan. It's all coming out of the equity of your house. So you're using up a little bit of that equity in order to buy your dream home or your you know forever home or whatever it looks like. It's a leveraging tool. Yep. And it's just another, as we mentioned, you know, in previous podcasts, it's another strategy. Yeah. Um, and as a seller, you want to have multiple strategies when working with your realtor, your mortgage broker to get your house sold and reach your real estate goals. So one of the first things I'll ask a seller when I go into their property is what is your real estate goal? Yeah. You know, is important. it you want to get top dollar? Is right. it that you want to sell your house and move into a, a, another house and is, or is timing? an issue. Um, you know, some people that have kids that have dogs, they want more of a private, maybe off market sale, or right. they don't want to be so disturbed or, you know, they're private people yeah. and they don't want to have an open house. So, so different sellers have different goals. And as your realtor, right off the bat, one of the first things to tell your realtor, especially if they don't ask, they should, but if they don't ask <laughs> is what your real estate goal is. Yes. And then working out from there. And so the bridge loan is just another strategy. It just gives sellers another option um, when selling their house. Now, if a seller comes to me and wants to sell their house, um, we had you know mentioned timing. Yes. And um, timing is super important. Um, the sooner, the better, I would say, in contacting your mortgage broker and your realtor. Mm-hmm. And um, it's your realtor's job to come into the house and um, show you the areas of the property that might need some work, might need some work. <laughs> um, and, the, and, you know, that goes back to, you know, ask the client too. Hey, listen, what are you willing to do to sell this property? Sure. You know, because as a seller, um, you have options. If yeah. you don't want to sell the property, if you don't want to do anything to your property and you're like, I want to sell it as is, uh, that's your option. That is an option. You know, as you know, depending on the market, I will say moving from a more seller's market into a more normal market, I'm encouraging sellers to do a little more work to their property. You know, before you can throw the house on the market as is and get (laughs) six offers and sell for way over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in a more normal market or a buyer's market, um, it takes a little bit more work and strategizing to get your house to look market ready if you want to sell it in a timely manner for a good amount of money. Right. And you talked about, you know, staging and those kind of things, but also maybe doing repairs to the property. Is that stuff that sellers do ahead of time? What about major work to the property, roofs, things like that? Yep. So that's all something that a realtor can strategize with you um, on. You know, sometimes I'll come into a property and I say, you know, we want to redo the kitchen and we want to redo the bathroom and um, we're going to put new windows in. And, and then that becomes a matter of timing, right? right? Um, say that is in 
the traditional um, selling season is going to be March through June up here in Northern California. Mm -hmm. And that's the law, a lot of areas in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're coming to me in, let's say May, and you want to remodel your property to go on the market to be ready in July. Yeah. Great timing wise. You don't want to miss your season simply because you decided to take on a bigger project and you may not get dollar for dollar out of that project, right? Certain home remodeling things don't, don't equate into higher sales prices. Absolutely. And that's really important. That's your realtor's job to tell you, okay, listen, we're going to, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but we're going to spend cents to make dollars and not the other way around. Right. Um, You want to do things like paint. Paint is a cheap way to make a house look a lot better, to make Mm -hmm. a lot of things look better, to make an old fireplace look better, to make um, a bathroom look better, cabinets look better. Paint is a really affordable way. So there's little things like that that you can strategize with your realtor to get your house ready for the market. So whether you're looking to sell in three months, six months, nine months down the road, um, it's important to have that conversation with your realtor and have it again and again and again. You know, Um, there are many times where I'm nine months out on a property and we're having that conversation. I'm going back and saying, oh, it looks good, but why don't we do this? Because we have some time to do it, you know? Yeah. So it's all about coming back to that strategy and piecing together, you know, the needs of the seller versus what they're able to do. Right. To reach those real estate goals. You know, um, you know, in our, in our first podcast, we talked about assembling your team and we talked about, you know, doing the inspections. Yeah. Um, that's something else that sellers can consider early on, um, whether you're doing a home inspection or a pest inspection, a sewer lateral inspection. Um, those are all things that you can do ahead of time. And there's also seller disclosures. Mm. Um, I prefer to have my seller fill out all those seller disclosures ahead of time, um, put them in a link. So when a buyer comes in your property and they're interested, you can just send them that link that has all the reports, all the disclosures. So that buyer can make an offer um, that's clean. Knowing all the facts, right? There's no surprises later. We talked in the first episode about surprises and how that's never, never ideal in a real estate transaction. And so, you know, having those inspections up front, I'm sure takes away a lot of those surprises which gives buyers a chance to renegotiate later. Right. And all these things take time. So it goes back to the sooner, the better. Um, Mm -hmm. Another strategy is staging, you know, and how important it is to stage. And a lot of people don't know this and they'll all go in um, for an appointment and they have kids and they have four dogs and a cat and they say, we want to stage our house. Well, a lot of stagers don't want to stage your house with animals. So that's not even an option, (laughs) Right. you know, Uh, but if your house is vacant, the house will show better if it's staged. Yeah. Um, And then how do you find a stager? Realtor should be able to direct you to how to find a good stager, what it costs to stage. You know, these are all things that you can do to get your house ready um, game time to sell it. What about things like professional photos and stuff like that? Is that something that definitely needs to happen? Right. So um, talk about like nails on a chalkboard or (laughs) we don't want that. Throwing a um, incompletion or a, um, you know, getting a sack on a quarterback. It's it's excruciating when you see um, the MLS and you see pictures and someone took cell phone pictures. Yeah. I, or, or the worst is, I think, when you see the bathroom photo and they're standing in the mirror holding their phone. That's 
it's that's, like, a, that's a telltale no. sign that you're not working with professionals. No, not at all. It's, it's horrible. So yeah, so marketing is super important and hiring a realtor that, you know, like for me personally, I only have one photographer. Um, I'm, I, I want the best. I know yeah. who the best is. I want the best and I want the best photos. So that is very important. You know, that marketing, how you market your house and what your house looks like on paper or on social media or on print is what's going to get your buyers to your house. And the more buyers you have to your house, the higher the purchase price, right. the better offer you're going to get. Um, you know, I always tell my clients as a realtor, it's my job to get this house sold. But the only way I'm going to do that is to get buyers into this house. Right. And you do that through your marketing. And that's really important right. to have a realtor that has top notch marketing. Marketing. Yes. I mean, beyond contract negotiation and everything else, the marketing is probably one of the more key elements of, of the role. Yeah. And you got to touch all the, I mean, this is a show in itself, so we won't go down this path, but you have to touch all the different areas, right? You got to touch the TV, you got to touch the print, you got to touch the social media. There's so many areas you can touch to sell your property. And so it's very important to have good marketing. Okay. And so talk to me about like marketing time, Mm -hmm. because obviously, you know, a year ago we were in a very different market than we are now. Like you said, you used to be able to stick a sign out or before the sign even went up, the house was sold. It had multiple offers and it was gone, right? What's normal? What's normal? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, if somebody says I need to put my house on the market next week because this, that, and the other, then we'll make it happen. We'll do what it takes to get that house on the market. But I would say if we could have a couple weeks that's going to be better because you can pre-market the house. Like you said, put the sign up, post it out there, get, start getting that buzz around your house. And that's really important these days. And obviously we're in a very um, actively changing market. So at what point do sellers need to consider price changes and things like that? So, um, buyers peak actually at two weeks. So after two weeks, the buyers have the amount of buyers that you're going to get in that property. At that point, if you're not getting, depending on what type of interest you're getting, you need to negotiate. So as you're playing in a game and you're calling these plays and every play is so important, it's the same thing in a real estate transaction where you're selling the house. You're having to constantly check in with your sellers and adjust call an audible and adjust your plays to your situation. So if you're not getting showings and you're spending a ton of market or you're getting a lot of showings and you're not getting offers, then you got to adjust. You got to call that audible. Right. Right. Possibly lower the price, lower the price. Right. And, and the price can be a factor of, of the mortgage market too. Right. As we're seeing mortgage rates, you know, change kind of rapidly this year, that can affect sellers as well because it's affecting buyers. And so there's less buyers out on the street as rates rise and things like that. Right, exactly. Now, there's a couple of other strategies that we haven't really talked about that are kind of new in the last couple of months as the mortgage rates have changed. There's some strategies on the mortgage side that sellers can offer. I'd love your opinion on things like a 2-1 buy-down, yep. which is a creative tool that has sort of gained popularity. But essentially, a 2-1 buy-down um, allows the seller to buy down the buyer's payment for a, for a couple of years, right? So rather than, say, a price reduction, the seller can offer funds towards the buyer's payment, which will give them lower monthly payments for the first two years. What's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think it's a great strategy, you know, rather than like you said, just reducing the purchase price from a selling point of view. Um, instead of like, let's say if you're considering reducing this, the purchase price 50,000, but you can buy down the rate one or two points for like 30,000. Right. And that looks just as good to a buyer. Why not save that additional 20,000? Right. It's just another tool tool. in the toolbox that your realtor and your mortgage broker can offer you um, to have a strategy as a seller. Right. Yeah. So there's so many options. I mean, it really, it takes a level of finesse and everybody working together, right? Not just on the listing side, but making sure that their next step goals are accomplished working with mortgage broker. So the next episode is going to be talking about the escrow process. Right. Yeah. So you, as a buyer, you have gotten your offer accepted as a seller, your house as on the market and you accepted an offer and now what? Now you're in escrow. So we're going to give you the play-by-play on what to do when you're in escrow next. We will. We will. But that was some great information about, you know, what, what to do and how to start. Yep. Absolutely. As a seller. So I think it's time to cheers. 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 Real estate play-by-play. It's game time. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this play-by-play, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on your podcast app or please share with a friend or colleague. For more information, helpful tips, and real estate strategies, please visit us online at www.therealestateplaybyplay.com, where you can also connect with us on social platforms and sign up for our newsletter. Get Get in the the game. game!